UCLA, Sweet 16 bound, and now we know the opponent, Gonzaga. But what did I like? What did I not like about that win over Northwestern? Lots to love for them to advance, but still there's some things to harp on for Locked On UCLA. Let's hit it. You are Locked On UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody. I'm Zach Anderson Yoxheimer, your host for Locked On UCLA. Thanks for making this your first listen each and every day. And it's free wherever you get your podcast, and it's available on YouTube. So, like, comment, and hit that subscribe button. Thanks for getting us to a thousand subscribers. Let's help us get up to 2,000 subscribers. Yeah, let's see how these Bruins do. In the meantime, yeah, let's get to it because UCLA basketball, man, oh, man, they have had an interesting couple of weeks. Since the month of March began, it's been a bit of a roller coaster ride, positive, negative, and everything in between. So I thought, looking back once again at Northwestern, heading into Gonzaga in the Sweet 16, what were some things that I liked? What were some things that I didn't like for UCLA hoops? Well, since, you know, it's a Monday, it's the first episode of the week, I thought, let's start a little positive in terms of, all right, what can I like for UCLA? A lot longer. I figured, all right, we'll start with two, and we'll see how it goes. That's UCLA beat UNC Asheville by 33 the other week, and then on Saturday evening, they beat Northwestern in Sacramento 68-63 to in a game where UCLA led for the entirety of it, only to see it slip away. So, what are some things that I liked for UCLA? I liked how UCLA got out and Mick Cronin's team went out in transition. We talked about this in the preview about Northwestern, how it seemed like the Wildcats might be the team to go run in fast break, but Northwestern only had three fast break points. UCLA, which... You know, when you play strong defense, you get steals, you force turnovers, and you go out in the run, you can get easy points that way. And especially when sometimes points are hard to come by, depending on which matchup it is, UCLA was able to go out, run, and score 22 fast break points. It's a wide margin, especially when you outscore someone plus 19 when it comes to running out in transition, going out, that you can get easy points that way. Because the Bruins weren't exactly hitting all all their threes, a decent And it's not like they're totally paint, but in order for UCLA to go out and get easy points, fast break points were important. Things that I liked, this is going to be a hybrid here because closeout time is an interesting one to talk about because they blew the lead, but the way they closed out and held their poise is a very abstract one, right? Because UCLA, very well, we've seen this year against USC, against Illinois, even against Arizona, the Pac-12 tournament title game. Closeout time has sometimes been a bit of an adventure. Normally, they run away. Teams get stifled offensively. They get stuck, and they can't handle anything, only for the Bruins to say night and put the game to bed. The difference, though, in this one is because it came with a big lead, a 10-point halftime lead, I believe a 30. And UCLA, in closeout time, one, got the big buckets, right? Got, took the lead right when Northwestern came back. They would just continue to take the lead. Singleton. Before he turned his ankle, hit that big three to put them up by six. UCLA was hitting their free throws, 18 for 21, largely because Tiger Campbell couldn't miss at the charity stripe. So for UCLA, it was nice to see how they could recover and rematch and rebound. Because they talked about this in the postgame press, but Northwestern adjusted in the second half. So UCLA took the counterpunch, absorbed it, 
and pushed away the Wildcats in order to hold on desperately for a big win against Northwestern. Because there's a variety of ways this could have gone extremely, extremely, extremely wrong for the Bruins at the end of the game. Instead, they didn't let Boo Booey go crazy. They did let Matthew Nicholson go nuts on the off of glass. And then overall, Chase Adige in the second half just could not miss, could not miss for Northwestern. Those were things. But UCLA weathered the storm. And in the tournament, it's all about survive and advance. Survive, game in, game out. There's just not going to be the toughest game if UCLA keeps going. And it certainly won't be, you know, the easiest game. But it is what it is. It's the toughest part of the year. And everybody's playing for every big moment in March Madness. And then, you know, maybe we'll throw one final thing in there. Because, you know, an, an added bonus for UCLA hoops and things they liked. Jaime Hawkins Jr. is continuing to prove why he is the deserving Pac-12 Player of the Year. He's put in some good performances. He put up 24-8 and with four assists and only one turnover against the likes of Northwestern. So he has continued to ball out. Hey, let's not forget, he put up 17 points and eight rebounds against UNC Asheville and 8-14 of shooting, shooting almost 58% for the NCAA tournament, right? Since they ended the Pac-12 tournament and he's had to turn it on, 58, 59%. And he scored a total of, if I do my math correctly, 41. So he's averaging a 20 points per game in the NCAA tournament, both games with eight rebounds. So he's averaging nearly 20 points and close to a double-double. And as we saw Arizona get bounced by Princeton, although I guess they made the Sweet 16, so what do we know? But Arizona getting bounced in the first round, I believe, what, the first team to lose to multiple 15 seeds, program history, whatever it is. So to plus is probably the number two in the Pac-12 in a close Pac-12 player of the year race. Hawk is and the Bruins continuing to show, hey, Hawk is does things when the lights are the brightest. And while Tabellis did, I guess, get the two out of three, if you include the Pac-12 title game, Hawk is just does almost everything. When it comes to facilitating, getting rebounds, playing defense, scoring points, well, Hawkins didn't have a block or a steal. You can just see to almost always alters games in every facet. Even if he's not playing well, he alters games. Well, Tabellis got benched, remember, way back when in the regular season. So now we're done harping on that. But UCLA, you've got to be proud of how the senior Hawkins has been extremely good. And he's going to go cheer on his sister in the women's second round, Gabriella out at Pauley Pavilion. But in the meantime, Hawk is putting himself forward with a good tournament, maybe improving some pro prospects, certainly dramatically by coming out and playing so well, averaging about 20 points and like 58% shooting and eight rebounds in each of his first two tournament games this year. It's his time to have a Johnny Juzang moment, right? It's his time to put the team on his back and go forward and win. Go beat Gonzaga. You get that matchup against Timmy, you go take him down. Despite being four inches shorter, go prove it to the rest of the country. And he has this opportunity, and so far, he has been acing this test. Acing it. So, we'll see how it goes, because Gonzaga will get a little tougher. I'll tell you about what I didn't like in just a moment after we tell you about the Built Bar Puff Madness. The Built March Madness bracket is here. If you've got a favorite bar, a favorite puff, it's time to go make it count. Because go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. Again, BuiltMarchMadness.com. If you vote for your favorite bar or puff, then you'll either get into a drawing where you can win a free box of Built. That's about 50 lucky listeners potentially all throughout the Locked On Network. Or you can get the super grand prize, right? A 12-month subscription to Built. 
just on their best bars, their best puffs, directly delivered right to your door. So you've got to try Built, the best protein bar ever. 100% real chocolate, high in protein, low in sugar. It's real chocolate. It's a great protein bar. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com and vote for your favorite Built or Puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Cruising on in Locked On UCLA. We're talking more UCLA versus Northwestern as we continue to talk March Madness here today. For the Bruins, what did I not like against Northwestern? Well, one, could they rebound the dang basketball? My goodness. I know I harped on this in the reaction and in the the other reaction I did with the Locked On Podcast Network, but again, this has to be said. How did Northwestern just completely hammer the glass? Well, again, Dembono is playing, and when he plays 20 minutes, one wonders how much he was hurting with his shoulder, because we could see he would go make a big dunk, big play, but then he was holding that left shoulder, so one wonders, was 20 enough? Was that detrimental? Well, it certainly helped, for sure, but the Bruins got crushed on the offensive glass, 14-3, to losing the battle of the boards by a good, say, I think 11, close to it, or 6, but it was the offensive opportunities and the second-chance points for Northwestern. They got eight second-chance points, and considering how many offensive rebounds they had, they would have liked to have even more opportunities, but it was the rebounding that gave them extra opportunities to get back in this game where UCLA let Northwestern back in it. The rebounding is what could kill them against Gonzaga. If they can't go beat a Timmy, go go against all the Zags, right? If you watch that Gonzaga TCU game, you saw Gonzaga down, all of a sudden flip it on with a switch. If the Bruins aren't going to be able to stop Timmy, get him off the glass, let him just one, two step, lay it up, or pound it off the glass, you're going to struggle against Gonzaga or other teams. You know, say you have to play a, a Texas or a Houston in the, I believe, the final four. Going forward, you have to be able to hit the glass. If you, dare I say, play in Arkansas in the Elite Eight, you're going to have to find yourself ready to battle on the boards against these teams, very physical. And while we wonder if a Dembona getting healthier will be better, it's just a bad matchup. Maybe it was a superb effort by led by Matthew Nicholson, who came and almost put up a double-double, sheerly based off of offensive rebounds. But it was a team-wide effort for Northwestern hitting the glass. And again, the Bruins... A little hampered in size because Jalen Clark would have been a healthy rebounder. Adembona, when he's fully healthy, he's uber athletic. Would have helped that immensely. But still, you work on that going forward. And Gonzaga will be a big test to see if UCLA has learned their lesson or if it's just a 15-minute stretch where Northwestern came out and pounded the glass hard. And, and my other thing, kind of feels like they fell asleep again, right? In my mind, UCLA... When you have a game like this in the tournament, you don't want to let teams back in it. Because sometimes, especially in the tournament, in games, especially in college basketball, it's not the NBA where it's an ebb and flow, of 10-0 run, 10-0 run, you're up 21, game's not even over. You could be up 27, game couldn't even be over, right? 
in college, it could take one super run where you just are so stuck mentally within yourself and you just can't get out of it. You're in a rut. You're sitting there. You're just missing shots. They're grabbing all the rebounds. It seems like every 50-50 ball is going their way, especially off the offensive glass. You just can't let these teams go back in the game because, hey, what's Thursday? I believe Thursday's the anniversary of the Heartbreak City game, UCLA versus Gonzaga. What happened? Gonzaga led by 17. The Bruins came all the way back, and then they stole the ball three times in the final minute, made free throws, made layups, and Gonzaga missed the Hail Mary prayer at the end of the game to maybe send it to overtime. And while I guess Gonzaga has exacted their revenge a couple years ago, you can see if you get a big lead, you're up 10, you're up 13, you have a chance to cruise control. I'm watching it. I'm like, oh, do I dare switch this and put it on another game? Do I want to watch, I believe, what, Texas, Penn State? That game I think that was on or whatever game was on that was close in the final minute. And I kept it on. And you're like, oh, my goodness. Like, what's going on? You don't want to let teams back in it. Gonzaga proved it. They were down to TCU, came back, won it, right? Houston was on the ropes in the second round, and they came all the way back. I believe they outscored their opponent by at least 20 in the second half, if not more, because they were down 8-10, to 10, and then they won by double figures. Let this, this Bruins team obviously has to deal with not having slow starts. They haven't had any in the first two games, but we've seen the, the, the November struggle, right? Where, all right, they kind of don't know how to deal with adjustments. These are good coaches and good teams. They will make adjustments in these tournament games, and they will be wickedly fast adjustments. And if they work, they work. And in tournament time, sometimes it's just a boulder rolling down, coming all the way, and you just can't stop it unless you just move out of the way and realize, hey, there's a new path. We've got to go and attack this. And while there's a variety of reasons why this could have gone wrong, UCLA, as I already mentioned, closed it out. Veteran presence, veteran team, some key cogs, some key members of the machine between Tiger Campbell and Jaime Hawkins Jr., who were on that Final Four team, who were on that Sweet 16 team last year, who have been under Mick Cronin's system for a while, and they sit here in the Sweet 16, right? Gonzaga has never done much beyond getting to the championship game a couple of times. The Bruins, as they, they know in their mindset, Mick Cronin's talked about it, to be the best. Not even the leading scorer has a jersey retired, right? Not even the leading scorer in UCLA's all-time history. You only get remembered if you win a title. So that's what you got to know and have that championship pedigree. And the Bruins, in a late game, put it away. And that's what they needed to do. And they got to do it again against Gonzaga. So those are the things I didn't like. Got to rebound. It just seems like they just lose it sometimes. They just lose it. I don't know what it is. The adjustments just kind of get them off their game. And with the lack of depth, lack of options between bonus still being banged up, you don't have a Jalen Clark as a different option to go to. It could have been a different game. Jalen Clark might have made this an even easier win. Very easy for UCLA. But instead, they've got to wait and build and build for the Sweet 16. So we're all good there. Moving on, we'll tell you about the UCLA women's team because they get Oklahoma. No, not softball. No revenge there just yet. But women, they're playing the Oklahoma Sooners in their second game at Pauley Pavilion as they look to go to the Sweet 16 against South Carolina. So we'll see how that goes. But first, we will tell you about FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook, hey, go check it out because it's the perfect time with the tournament heating up into the second weekend. Download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. You can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back if your bet doesn't win, your first bet. Go check out FanDuel Sportsbook. App safe, secure, and super easy to use because you can go to Moneyline, you get your point scores, threes drain. Who's going to have the big game in the tournament? You can combine all these and have the same game parlay with an even bigger payout. So no sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets 
when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more about that no sweat first bet. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA, with us at Locked On. Cruising in the final segment of Locked On UCLA, we'll have more engaging talk and preview of Gonzaga coming out throughout the week. We'll have Max back. I might even cross over with Locked On Zags, yes, with Andy Patton, who's also the host of Locked On College Basketball. So stay tuned for a lot of content coming out with more UCLA Gonzaga-specific content. In the meantime, here we are previewing UCLA versus Oklahoma. The Bruins, I thought they might be on a mini upset alert against Sac State. I've seen Sac State in person. I thought they were a good team. The Bruins game was it was just like UCLA on the men's side against UNC Asheville. Against Sac State for Corey Close's bunch. Balls tipped. Game was practically over. It was never close. The Bruins didn't go through one of their late game outages and just allow a team to come back and score and do all these things into where we've seen UCLA almost choke it to the likes of an Arizona state in the Pac-12 tournament, or what they did to Arizona in the regular season. Those are all memories that they hope to have eased and pushed away in the end of the Pac-12 tournament. So what does Oklahoma bring as a challenge for the UCLA women? Because we know the Bruins are very young, very inexperienced, mostly outside of Charisma Osborne, who is kind of carrying this team with the shoulders of a lot of skill around her, but sometimes it's kind of knowing what's she needs some help, and we've seen a variety of reasons, but the Bruins didn't need much help to go beat Sac State. A very big turnaround over there for Sac State. But for UCLA, you're taking on an Oklahoma team that's top two in the country when it comes to scoring at points per game, about 84.5 points per game. Yeah, I'm looking down, you're like, how many points per game is that? Yeah, 84. They average 84 points per game. They get out, run, gun, and they hit some threes there, 35%. Three-point shooting team, pretty solid free throw shooting team. They just do a lot of good things when it comes to the offensive side of the ball. So the big thing is for an Oklahoma team that's made up a lot of veterans led by Maddie Williams, who averages about 15 and a half points per game. Overall, they've got four players who average 11 plus points per game. They've got a starting lineup combined. That's had 522 career starts, including a lot of games in the postseason. In addition, they're the leading scorers in the pack tw- in the Big 12, and they're 21-0 when they score 80 or more points. So you know the threshold isn't going to be very high for what UCLA's defense needs to do. Because if you look at the tail of the tape and you go back and forth, UCLA only averages about 70 points per game, but they only allow 61 points per game. Oklahoma, they average close to 85, but they also give up 75. They shoot the ball 45% from the floor, really good three-point shooting. Decent three-point defense, and they make nine threes a game. So this is an interesting game where they pass the ball around. They turn it over a lot. They go up, and they'll go up and down the floor. So you need to give these UCLA women their support. So the biggest thing for UCLA is one. Normally, I've been talking about late-game offense. This time, if you play a little inkling of defense, a little inkling, a little bit of defense in this game, UCLA should try and come, should be able to come away with the victory at home, hopefully with the Pretty solid home crowd on a Monday night at 7. Not a late night on a Saturday at 8.30. Probably we'll see some of the men's team, especially Jaime Hakas Jr., cheering on his sister. And then it gets over to that even tougher test where you have to go to the Sweet 16. And the winner of this game gets maybe the toughest test of them all, the the biggest screw-up of them all, UCLA or Oklahoma. They go play South Carolina, which we've already seen UCLA and South Carolina once. We've seen the Bruins learn their lesson against Stanford, who did fall in over the weekend. So UCLA 
it only gets tougher after this. But for a team who did not make it to the NCAA tournament last year, you got one of the top-ranked freshman classes. You get the veterans who know how to play offensively. They play their style on the Oklahoma side. Which will win out between UCLA or Oklahoma? The Bruins and Oklahoma all-time are 3-3. Three and three. UCLA last lost to them in the 2013 tournament, ironically enough, although they beat Oklahoma later on in November of 2013. So it's just going to come down to which leader between Williams, between Osborne, is it the super senior, the super likes of the veteran class that's going to just outclass UCLA, or is the Bruins' super tough Pac-12 schedule where it's just top to bottom, extremely tough. They beat up on each other. Every game was a grind, even from first to last place. UCLA, is this the team that learned how to play together during the Pac-12 tournament? Because if it is, UCLA could go on a run, win this game for sure, and then maybe, quite maybe, give South Carolina another run at trying to beat them. Because they almost beat them once this year. But first, it comes down to can they play some defense? Overall, UCLA, what do they have to do? Well, they're one of the best free throw shooting teams in their program's history this year. So it's going to come down to converting points. You're needing as many points as possible. So I think free throws will be a big, important thing for UCLA, who's on the verge this season, I think, according to their game notes, of breaking the program record for season-best free throw shooting percentage. So free throws will be a big key because the Bruins need to take points any way they can get them. Two, Oklahoma turns it over 16 times a game. You've got to force 20. You've got to make them lose possessions because the Sooners are one of the best teams. I believe they have about 80 possessions per 40 minutes. That's an absurd time. If you cost them 20, you take away those. They only have 60 possessions to score. They're not going to make it on every possession. They're not going to make a shot every time. You have to force 20 turnovers. It's a high mark, but that's because Oklahoma also averages a total of 16 turnovers close to 17. So that's even maybe low for what UCLA standards is. And then the other thing is, Keep them under 80. Keep them under 80 for a team that could shoot the lights out of the basketball, and if they get hot, it might be over quick. So Bruins, make your free throws. Force some turnovers. And keep them under 80, whatever you do. Because anytime Oklahoma scored 80 or more, they are 21-0 and average about 85 points per game. That's, that's the tough thing. So we need those fans to show up, support, and say, go Bruins in a big one, and hopefully get both the men and the women in the Sweet 16. Coming up, we'll talk more UCLA baseball and softball throughout the week, but mostly we are focusing on the tournament, everything in between as UCLA faces Gonzaga in the Sweet 16, and we might have another interesting showdown between the UCLA women in South Carolina coming up. That's it for Locked On UCLA. Go check out Locked On College Basketball. Make that your second listen today with Andy Patton, Isaac Shade. They are great hosts of continued coverage of Locked On College Basketball. Look out for that Locked On UCLA Locked on Zags crossover. I'm Zach Anderson Yoxheimer saying so long, farewell. Eight clap time, baby. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You see, LA. You see, LA fight, fight, fight. Yeah, it's a Monday. The eight clap was off. It's fine. It's fine. You know, it's fine. UCLA fight, fight, fight. Let's go, Bruins. This has been locked on UCLA. Go, Bruins.